0: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this narration of the web series, The Nature of Predators. If you are new to the series, there is a playlist listed in the description. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. Chapter 11 Memory Transcription, Subject, Slanek, Venlil Space Corps Date, Standardized Human Time, August 30, 2136. The glow of the artificial light was the first thing that met my eyes. I stared at the unfamiliar surroundings in confusion trying to recall where I was. This uh, doesn't seem right. Uh, How did I get here? Someone had cocooned me in a blanket, which insulated me from the drafty room. There was a light pressure by my ears, perhaps from some sort of bandage. Pain pulsed my temple, dulled by the painkiller. Snippets of shapes lingered in my memory, but there was something concrete. I think I had been drifting in and out of consciousness for days. My brain concluded... That this was a hospital, which meant that I was recovering from a serious injury. My adult state suggested the damage was concentrated on the head. Gritting my teeth, I tried to think of the last thing I could remember. Two Arxor bombers were chasing my spacecraft, and after that, everything got fuzzy. How was I still alive? It had seemed to be a hopeless scenario. It was a grim certainty that they would catch a small ship sooner or later. There were vague recollections of being paralyzed in fear. Plastered against the seat, the person flying was screaming my name and had the most visceral look on their predator. I snapped upright. Marcel! Where is Marcel? What happened to him? Easy, calm down. A gentle voice came from my right. Attack and male were seated beside my bed, keeping an eye on my vitals. You are safe now. I am Dr. Zahn. You're in the medical bay of a Federation warship. The Federation? My heart rate spiked, which Zahn seemed to notice. Why are you involved? Well, your craft came into our territory, so we took out the axle. It was fortunate that the Greys crippled your ship first. If they didn't, our boarding party wouldn't... Merus uh... Marcel, I blurted out. Thy rush of panic was best described as gasoline laced through my insides. It was not safe for him to encounter unprepared aliens alone. When his appearance was so jarring, my mind leapt to the worst case scenario. Had the Federation killed the human on sight, all I could picture was myself standing over his corpse. The doctor patted my arm. He is not here. Rest easy. He is not a threat. He's alive. I exhaled. Please, take me to him. I don't think that is a good idea. I need to see him, I won't be able to function if I don't. I staggered to my feet, but wobbled when I tried to walk. Zahn caught me with a grunt, setting me back on the bed. Sympathy flashed in his amber eyes, as if he sensed my desperation. The doctor retrieved a wheelchair from the storage closet and eased me into it. Captain Sovlin is going to kill me, but if that's really what you need to heal, then... All right, Zahn grumbled. The Takan doctor pushed me into a hallway, steering us past maintenance rooms and lounges. My concern intensified as I received pitying stares from the crewmates we passed. He reminded me of the look people had when they learned a species' homeworld had been destroyed by the Arxor. "'had the Federation assumed that the humans attacked Venlo Prime. "'Oh, God! How long have I been out? "'They would at least hear Marcel out, right? "'They're rational people,' I tried to convince myself. "'I need to back up his story before something terrible happens. "'I have to speak to that captain at once.' "'A pair of automatic doors creaked open, "'and Zahn rolled me into an observation room. "'A throng of officers stood by the glass pane, "'which proved to have viewed into a holding cell. "'They seemed to be pointing to a spot in the corner.' From their whispers, I caught the words non-responsive and hungry. My blood turned to ice as I realized that the tan mass of nook was. Marcel was curled up in a ball, hugging his knees to his chest. The human was shaking from head to toe and looked gaunt enough to hardly be recognizable. His coverings had been removed, leaving his form exposed and barren. His face was buried in the wall, so I could only see the purple bruises lining his spine. A desperate scream poured from my mouth. I pitched and agonized. I flung myself towards the window, crawling on all fours. the sounds of the doctors trying to pacify me, and bewildered shouts of the captain registered. But I drowned them out. Marcel! I screamed. Pain laced through my vocal cords from the volume, but it hardly felt it. The human lifted his head, craning his neck towards the glass. The moment his face became visible, I gasped in horror. Claw marks traced his right cheek, deep gashes. Marcel hadn't even bothered to clean off the dried blood, perhaps losing the ability to care. The sockets around his hazel eyes were puffy and bruised. The left one was severe enough to be swollen shut, and add insult to injury, the thick metal band that was clasped around his neck, restricting his airway. The human rose on weak legs, but stumbled to the glass, his gaze locked on me, and his lips curved up slightly. The band on his neck crackled with electricity seconds later. with a yelp, the predator collapsed in a heap. One of the officers must have triggered the shock as a form of punitive control. My heart twisted, watching my friend rat with pain. I snarled towards the Federation posse. Stop that! The one I believed, Captain Sovlin, blinked in confusion. It is snarling at you. That's how humans show happiness. They don't have tails or movable ears, I growled. The electric current ceased, to my relief. Marcel languished on the floor, clutching his throat. The skin beneath the collar looked red, as though the human had been zapped repeatedly. I was amazed that he found the strength to answer my call the first time. Marcel, I repeated. The Predator struggled to a kneeling position, and pressed the splayed hand against the glass. The Federation officers backed away, like they thought that he could reach through the solid object. Tears welled in my eyes. The poor guy was struggling with such simple motions. I met his gaze and placed my own paw up opposite his palm. Slanek, Marcel croaked. I am happy you're okay. I was worried. I pinned my ears against my head with concern. The human's voice sounded weak and feeble. I could only imagine how much he was hurting, looking at the wounds all over his body. By my estimation, they weren't feeding him either. The Federation was letting him endure a slow death. By starvation, I snuffled, wiping a tear off my face. I am so sorry, Mok. It was my job to protect you, Vanda. I failed. I left you all alone. D- don't cry, but please. It is not your fault, the human murmured. Dr. Zahn seemed fraught by our exchange, as though he didn't understand what was happening. A paw grasped my scruff and dragged me away from the glass. I reared on my assailant, flexing my claws as best I could. There was no chance I was letting anyone take me away from the human. What is wrong with you, Slanok? Captain Sovlin set me down in the hallway, deflecting an attempt to swing. You are crying over a vicious, sadistic predator, a human! "'What is wrong with me?' "'The veins in my eyes bulged as the white-hot fury coursed through my blood. "'How could you do that to him? "'Marcel is my friend!' "'I thought that you'd be more grateful being liberated. "'A species that enslaves and exploits you are not your friends. "'I can't believe I have to say that.' "'We weren't enslaved. We're partners with them. Willingly!' Soblin recoiled. "'I'm sorry. What?' "'My science vessel made contact with us. "'After speaking with them, we couldn't let you chase their trail.' We knew this was what you feckers would do to an innocent species that came in peace. I... I refuse to believe that. The distress signal, they're history well. Just look at them. He spat, spines bristling. The Venlil wouldn't betray the Federation, not for their kind. Do you have any idea which species you're dealing with? We do. Venlil scientists that proved that humans feel empathy. They're kind and gentle. Marcel is kind and gentle. Kind and gentle, as if. I can think of a quick way to sober you up. The captain's voice was low in anger. Marcel hasn't eaten in days. Let's see how gentle he really is. Sovlin grabbed me by the scruff again and marched back into the observation room. He opened the door to the holding cell, flinging me inside with disdain. Zahn shouted at him to stop. Once it was obvious what his intention was. The doctor tried to remind him that I had a head injury not to mention being under the influence of painkillers. The rough officer ignored him and clicked the door shut behind me. A brief tug of fear crossed my mind. I knew Marcel didn't want to eat me, but this might be pushing his instincts. When his options were starving to death or gnawing at my bones, there had to be some temptation. The human glanced at me, surprised at my involuntary entrance. Russet hair sprouted along his jawline, which gave him a rougher look than I was used to. He approached cautiously and watched me with sad eyes, seeing that I didn't back away. He settled down beside me. This was the closest we'd ever been, which made the discoloration around his left eye all the more noticeable. What happened to your eye? I managed. Uh, Sovlin w- was tired of looking at me. Said next time you do it with claws out, and then the human gestured to the gash on his cheek. It's everything I do, Slenek. They hate my existence. I reached out with a shaking paw, tracing the wound. Does it hurt? Keep going with the stupid question, Slanek. Brother, you're really making him feel better. Marcel nodded. Everywhere. The fissure inside my chest widened. The way his voice cracked with that word was heartbreaking. The human lowered his head into his hands and defeat radiated through his posture. I couldn't bear to see the sharp... Consider Marcel, reduced to this. I'm going to get you out of here. I promise, I whimpered. My friend, don't make promises. You can't keep, the human coughed. My paws tucked the predator closer to me before I realized I'd done it. Marcel's eyebrows shut up in surprise, but he didn't try to put away. He rested his head on my stomach and tried to absorb some of my body warmth. I petted his hair with a tentative paw coming soothingly. His oily mane was softer than I expected it to be, except for the strands that were crusted with dry blood. The human closed his hunter eyes, relaxing into my arms. A more peaceful expression settled onto his face, and I observed him with fondness. Sov'leon was right. I saw exactly how gentle Marcel was, with his bruised skull cradled in my lap and his shivering body snuggled up against mine. He seemed so frail, an innocent but I will get you out of here because you are my brother you are my friend I whispered and I love you I thought Marcel didn't hear me because there was no reaction or response it wasn't until I saw a tear trickle down his cheek that I realized he had the human reached out with a feeble hand and brought my paw over his chest the steady beat of his heart ebbed into my toes warm Enrhythmic, at the glass pane, the Federation officers gawked at the affectionate scene between a predator and its prey. End of chapter. Chapter twelve. Memory transcription subject: Slinek Venlil Space Corps. Date: Standardized Human Time, August thirty-first, twenty-one thirty-six. I don't remember drifting off, but it was incredible that my instincts allowed it. There was no greater state of helplessness than during slumber, between diminishing awareness and the inability to react to threats. I wonder if Marcel understood how deep of a display of trust it was, that I could fall asleep in his presence at all. The human had stirred by the time I awoke, and was crouched in the corner watching me. I swished my tail at the predator, and he smiled in return. It was a sinister display, yet bearable to me because of its intention." It's terrible, as his physical condition was. His teeth flashing meant that he was in better spirits. And that was all that mattered. That wound must be bad if you're willing to go near me now. The humorous lilt had returned to Marcel's voice, though it sounded strained. How are you feeling? I pawed at the bandage. Better. I think I can walk again. Oh dear, the human sighed. I didn't realize you couldn't move, so that's why you didn't run away. And I I guess I heard what I needed to hear yesterday. I've been delirious. Sorry. No, you didn't mishear a word. And I meant what I said. We're in this together. The sound of his stomach rumble overshadowed the conversation moments later. The gurgling persisted for several seconds, loud and insistent. Marcel's expression morphed to embarrassment, and the hint of an apology danced in his eyes. I think he figured it might be uncomfortable. But it only jogged my worry for his health. No animal. Could survive without sustenance. Have they, uh, fed you at all? I asked. The human shook his head. No. What about water? I'm thirsty myself. Marcel pointed to a rusty bucket in the corner, which was about half full with greyish liquid. The thought of lapping from that filthy container like a wild beast made me nauseous. If more time passed, though, it wouldn't be much of a choice. I didn't want to take the only resource the human had, for now. Alright, we've got to get you out of here. I said, you think, and I'll think, we'll come up with something. I glanced towards the glass pane, trying to figure out how to persuade the Federation officers. The captain was absent, which was a small point of relief. The ship doctor appeared to be in a heated discussion with the Colchian male. Maybe our companionship had given them second thoughts about humans. I swiveled my ears towards them, straining to pick up their words. Dr. Zahn raised an eye, reaches in disgust. "'More, trouble. We should have never thrown him in there, Rissell.' "'I know,' the silky voice answered. "'Captain told me I could spring Slanek once the predator tries something. He just wants to scare some sense into him. Sovlin wouldn't let it eat a pup, you know?' "'But what if it pounces on him faster than we can activate the shock collar? I can't undo a broken neck,' Zahn argued. Slanek needs medical attention, regardless.' And I'm not going in there. And what do I tell the captain? Make up a story. Slynek is awake now, and the human is separated from him. This could be our only chance. We can get him to move slowly towards the exit. And fry the predator if he tries anything. I glowered at the observation panel. Thank you! I'm not going anywhere without Marcel! The human squinted in confusion. With his lousy ears, there was no way that he could hear their hushed words... The two Federation officers shared a glance, before fixing me with patronizing looks. Slanek, "'You're not thinking straight,' Rissell hissed. "'If what you say is true, then Vindal have fallen for a dreadful ruse. "'These humans just want you to give up our secrets. "'They'll discard you as soon as they've drained you dry. "'They are not your friends.' "'That's rich, coming from a crew that tossed me into a cage, "'intending for me to be attacked by a predator!' Rissell sighed. "'That was Sovlin's doing.' He didn't consult us. Listen to me, Slanek. That thing is twisting your compassion against you. Zahn pleaded. The Arxor allowed us to uplift him, and only then did they attack. I'm sure you're a... Uh, Marcel mimics very well, but it is not real. These humans are just paying along to their benefit. You don't think that any Vanel considered that? The tests we did literally analyzed human brain activity. Rissell blinked in confusion. What tests? Sovlin didn't tell you, I gasped. Our experiments recorded how humans respond to violence, and guess what? Their brains lit up with pain. You can't fake empathy on a biochemical level. The two aliens were quiet as the weight of my revelation sunk in. I recalled my own skepticism when I first learned of the humans' benevolence. There would always be the voice in my head suggesting that they wanted to hunt me. Our entire evolution hinged on avoiding predators, recognizing them as threats on sight. It wasn't something that we could unlearn. You're either misinterpreting the results, or humans altered them. The doctors waved a paw dismissively, and eyed Marcel with an undisguised loathing. I can't listen to this, Lennox. Not from one of our own. Perhaps by the time I get back, the first officer will have snapped some sense into you. As his counterpart stormed out in a rage, Rissel inspected the human's behavior with curious eyes. The grizzled veteran seemed to be the only one listening to a word I said. My disclosure seemed to affect him since he began pacing back and forth. It violated every facet of our moral code to treat a feeling person with such cruelty. Now was my best chance to persuade him into making Marcel's situation more livable. "'Marcel needs to eat,' I said, trying to keep my tone calm. "'He will starve if he doesn't. Why should I care?' the officer growled. "'I have no idea how long humans can live without food, but it's not forever.' What use is he to you dead? Also, it's torture to me to watch him starve. If you won't do it for his sake, do it for mine. Marcel waved a grasp in frustration. Do you really expect me to carve up an animal and serve it fresh on a platter? Or are you saying that you'd be the one to slaughter it for the uh, predator? Humans eat plants, in fact. Marsal only consumes vegetation. Please, if you have any decency, I beg of you, give us something, anything. There was a hint of pity in his gaze as he scanned Marcel's visible ribs. I could tell he didn't like seeing any creature suffer, no matter what it was. Rissell fished the half-eaten remains of a purple fruit out of his waistband, wrinkled his nose. I'm... I'm, I'm gonna put this right at the door. If it so much as takes a step towards me, the second-in-command waved the collar's trigger. This is all I can manage. Sovlin would notice if i take seconds from the rations. The door slid open with a loud creak. Marcel tossed the fruit inside like it burned to the touch. I scooped it off the floor, trying to push down my revulsion at the bite marks on its side. In his current state, I think Marcel would eat it even if they were covered in literal crap. The human snatched the fruit from my paw without a second thought. He tore into it, wolfing it down into the ravenous gulps. It was all he could do not to swallow it whole. He slumped back against the wall, quivering, and then proceeded to suck the juice off the scrimy fingers. It wasn't anywhere close to enough to satiate the human's appetite or provide adequate nutrition, but Rissell was the only one to offer him so much as a morsel, so I wasn't going to complain. Hopefully, it was enough to take the edge off Marcel's hunger, to ease a bit of the desperation. Thank you so much, I told the First Officer. It means the world to me. Yes, Marcel rumbled. Thank you, Rissell. I am appreciative. Rassal met the predator's eyes, shuddering from behind the safety of the glass. My guess was that the captain gave orders to not let the human speak. However, I suspected the first officer was curious to see what the predator would say, and just how lucid one of his kind could be. A cuddly, furless fruit-eater didn't seem at all like the bloodthirsty predators the Federation said they were. "'Why would you want to fight the Axor, human?' the officer asked suddenly. "'Is it to claim the galaxy as your own catch?' To rid yourself of the competition. The greys kill children. They eat sentience. This is not enough reason to fight. Marsal rubbed the chafed skin under his collar, wincing. Humans are lonely. We wanted to be your friends, but you all think we're monsters. Rassal sighed. And what do you do to your friends? We protect them. We stand by them unconditionally. Just as we are loyal to the Venlil now. How can you prove that you aren't using them as your playthings? You're telling me your instincts aren't tempted at all, having a vulnerable creature like Slynek at your mercy. God, no. Humans dote on animals much less cute than him, you know. Look at the adorable facer. All I can think of is about his safety. Prove it to... Captain Sovlin burst into the observation room, staring daggers at his first officer. The root of his exasperation must be walking in on his subordinate, conversing with the predator. Zahn was tailing close behind, no doubt having informed the boss about troubling statements. The doctor had a smug look on his face. You're under his spell too, the brutish gogered spat. Clearly, it's dangerous to let it start talking. If it can entranch you so easily, anyone alone might succumb to its charm. The captain leaned towards Russell, and the Colchian flinched away from his threatening skull. Sov'let nabbed the collage trigger out of the officer's tentacle. He looked at me noting how I backed towards Marcel and shook his head. His spine stood on end, fully extended. It made him appear much larger than his true size. Get Slinek out of there, doctor, the leader spat. I'll sign off on the psychological treatments you recommended, and we'll cure him of his delusion. No, you can't take me away, I snarled. Sovlin sidled up to the sole door and waved at me to come to him. The idea of being placed under Federation treatments terrified me. What if they convinced me the Marcel was evil, or erased my memories of him? A pitiful wine vibrated in my throat, and I skittered away with my tail between my legs. The human moved forward to protect me, placing his bony form between me and the captain. How could he be worrying about me still, after all he'd been through? I mean it. I won't come with you, not willingly, my voice shook with fear. But I managed to squeak out the words, Why would I ever want to come with monsters like you? Would you rather watch us dissect your human? A crazed light flashed into Soplin's eyes. It was the look of a man who was at the end of his rope. I think it is time we open it up. See what makes it tick. Terror radiated through my blood as the captain's chilling threat. Marcel faltered in his protective stance as he processed what was said to. The goge had looked him right in the eye, then jabbed a slender claw in the collar remote. The predator was down in an instant, too weakened to maintain his footing. Sovlin advanced on this prisoner, and I tried to get in the way. He merely shoved me to the floor with a disgusted grunt. Zahn took that as he skewed to rush inside the cell and scoop me up in his sturdy arms. Panic filled my psych, as though it were my own life in the balance. My self-preservations kicked into overdrive, filling me with a burning urge to escape. I tried to rise out of the doctor's grip to no avail. My friend's eyes narrowed as he noticed I was gone. He struggled against the pain, propping himself onto his elbows. Sovereign's face contorted with hatred, and he dialed a kick to the convulsing Marcel's head. There was a sickening crack, which I recognized as a sound of bone breaking. Blood gushed from the misshapen nose like a fountain, and the human howled in agony. It was a primal cry that made my heart burn in my chest. The captain was unrelenting in the shock administration, electrocuting the predator non-stop. The human's complexion was turning bright red, then he struggled to breathe, his veins bulging at his pallid skin, and his teeth chattered in his jaw. He rolled onto his back, unable to muster any more fight. The gojard lowered his hind leg right onto the spot on Marsal's ribs with the most bruising. The predator's scream seemed to satisfy the captain. It is time to end this, Sovlin drew his sidearm and flicked off the safety. I should have done this at that start. "'Instead of wasting our oxygen prolonging this wretched life!' Marcel kept in horror, inching out from the observation room. "'Sir, we need to keep it alive, at least until we know more.' "'There is nothing more I need to know. I want it off my ship,' the captain roared. "'The first officer closed his eyes, but didn't act to intervene. "'The voltage ceased as the goja turned his attention to his weapon. "'Sovlin towered over Marcel, pressing the barrel to the human's temple.' Those hazel eyes had come to a door, stared up helplessly, glassed over from pain. There was nothing I could do, as my predator friend faced his execution. End of chapter. Chapter 13. Memory Transcription on Subjects to the Neck, vinyl Space Corps. Date, Standardized Human Time, August 31st, twenty-one thirty-six. The thought of the world without my human was too much to bear. After all we'd been through, he felt like a long-lost brother, rather than an alien predator. I would never hear his voice, message him in a chat room, or fly a spaceship with him again. His life was about to end in a haze of misery, because I was too weak to stop it. Why had I promised myself that I would free him from this hell? It was cruel to give him a false sense of hope. If I had said the right words, if I had woken up sooner, maybe this wouldn't have happened. What kind of friend am I? Ugh, failure. I thought I had more time to talk Federation down, since they refrained from killing him thus far. There was no reason for the captain to rush to the irreversible decision, though he didn't seem in a particular hurry now. Sovlin was savoring the anguish on Marsal's face and seemed to be daring him to fight back. He tapped the gun against the predator's crooked nose, which elected a cracking sound. He swiftly returned the barrel to the human's temple and flashed his teeth. The lack of a reaction disappointed him. Marcel was too out of it to process any more sensation. The captain sighed and resolved himself to finish the job. He wanted to make some sort of last-ditch effort, but Zahn had me ensnared in his suffocating grip. The doctor chuckled as he realized the human was about to be terminated. It was that callous glee that spurred me into action. No! I screamed. Leave him alone! I bit Zahn's arm with force, then thrashed about with my tiny claws. The weighty tachan restrained me with ease, dragging me further out of the cell. My teeth hadn't even pierced his thick side. The efforts wore down my strength more than anything else. The doctor clamped a paw around my mouth, suppressing any other attempts to call out. I reached out for Marcel desperately. The human made eye contact with me, and tears rolled down. His mangled face. Despite the overwhelming pain, he tried to put up a brave smile. The Predator was thinking about my feelings, even in his final moments. Sovlin's claw drifted towards the trigger, and I averted my eyes. I didn't want to see Marcel's brains come out the other side of his head. His beautiful snarl would be the last thing in my memory. That was how I wanted to remember him. Lower your weapon, Sovlin! Or I'll put you down with that thing, Rissell's quavering voice broke silence rather than a gunshot. I can't watch this anymore. You are behaving just like an arcsaur. My eyes blinked open to find the first officer pointing his sidearm at the captain. Several emotions ran across Soblin's face. Most seemed to be in a shade of outrage or shock. The gojit was relishing his assault of the predator and didn't appreciate having the finale cut off. Russell, there is no intelligence we need from it. neck can tell us everything. Zahn tightened his hold around me, imploring the first officer to stand down. Its life has no value. It is nothing but a danger to the crew. In the case that it gets loose. It is sapient. That must have some value. No matter how little. Why have you both forgotten that? The captain's lips curled back, revealing his curved molars. Because they took everything from me. Everything. And now this monster has the nerve to corrupt my crew. Let me tell you, it is done taking from us. This ends now. But it has done nothing wrong. Look at it. It's helpless, Rizal hissed. You've beaten it half to death. Oh, you think this human is sweet too? Sovlin sneered. It thirsts for blood, just like the oxer do. It is violent creature at its core. Its rotten core. Marcel savors the hunt. If it was honest, he would admit it. The only time Marcel ever showed any violent impulses was after he watched the ox or torture venal children. I thought, the captain isn't wrong about human bloodlust. But they have reasons to kill. It's not anger born from a place of cruelty. The first officer swallowed nervously. Our aggression and compassion mutually exclusive. We don't know. There could be more to the story. If there's a chance it wanted peace and we kill it, what does that make us? It makes us heroes. I think you are a damned fool. If you give it a chance to do the exact thing the Arxor did, now you're going to let me protect us. And we're going to put this incident behind us. How can you be sure that you're right? The Federation wouldn't have voted to destroy Earth the first time if it weren't sure, Rassal. I trust in the judgment of several hundred species, as you should. Earth, Rassal groaned. Uh, I never told you. The captain's paw twitched around the gun. A shot rang out moments later, and my fur stood on end. Blood squirted out of the wound on Sovlin's thigh, and a crippled leg buckled beneath him. It wasn't the Gojit who got off the first shot, to my exuberant relief. Rassal tackled the spiky male away from the human. The first officer disarmed his superior and cast a blank stare at the prisoner. The proximity to Marcel seemed to bother him, though he tried to keep his wits. I was amazed that the Colchian veteran had intervened. The talk of human neural activity must have instilled some qualms in his mind. The first officer aimed his gun towards the doctor. If he turned to the tertiary threat, he must be satisfied that Soblin was restrained and Marcel was incapable of plunging at him. I yelped as I felt a sudden tug around my waist. Zorn was propping me up as a shield and trying to load a syringe. Let the venal go, Zorn, Rassal spat. You don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt Slenak, but I need to fix him. He's ill. Release him now. The doctor pressed the needle to my throat, ignoring my whimper. Or what? Or I remove the human's collar and we find out. The predator is in no condition to move. It was obvious to me that he was on the brink of losing consciousness. I think Russell knew that the threat was empty, but it worked like a charm on the doctor. Zahn's grip slackened, and I slithered out of his arms in a flash. My sprint to Marcel's side was a blur of elated bliss. The human yelped as I dove atop his chest, forgetting about his inflamed bruises. He pushed me off of him, with care not to hurt me. Gritting his teeth, he tried to sit up, but didn't get further than raising his head. My stomach flipped at the side of his nose, twisted to the side, with his skin turning a deep purple already. D- did you tell them? Marsal croaked. My tilt my head. Tell them what? About Earth. They're going to. No, no, it's a long story. But we've got to warn your people. While my eyes were averted, Rizal placed a makeshift gag around Stoplin's mouth. The captain was squirming. His voice muffled to grunts. The first officer had resorted to pacing back and forth, palming his head in frustration. I assumed he was at a loss for what to do with Marcel. Intervening to spare the human's life was simpler than releasing him at the end of the day. Rissal was a frightening colchon with a gun. He was the primary obstacle to our path of getting Marcel home. I contemplated an angle of persuasion, since my odds of fighting him unarmed seemed paltry. If the human dies, why did he shoot his own captain, I thought. Surely he realizes he's too far in to back out now. He wouldn't want his treason to be for naught. Rassel, we've got to get Marcel out of here. He needs a doctor, I pleaded. I know, and Zahn would poison the thing as soon as they treat it. Rassell sighed. If there's billions of these predators out there, I suppose letting this one go isn't going to make a difference. Even if... <sighs> Never mind. I better not give him time to change his mind. He really sounds like he's having second thoughts. I flicked my ears towards Marcel. How are we going to move him? The first officer surveyed the vicinity. His eyes landed on a wheelchair Zahn used for me yesterday. I sensed his hesitancy to retrieve it from the observation room, with Sovlin still grumbling curses and Marcel trying to sit up. The Coltian tapped me on the shoulder and pressed a gun into my paws. If um, Sovlin or the Predator try anything, shoot them, Marcel growled. I'll be gone a few seconds. The officer sprinted over to the wheelchair resting spot like a predator was chasing him, which I guess he felt like it was. He rolled it back to our location and almost fell over when Marcel glanced at him. I considered pointing the gun at Rissell since I didn't trust him to treat the human like a person. The Gullshed was a bystander to Sovlin's torture, after all. Even now, he kept referring to Marcel as an it or the predator. The sole reason I decided against backstabbing him was that I needed help. Rissal had saved Marcel's life and wasn't actively trying to hurt him. I didn't know my way around the ship, so getting out of here was impossible without him. Not to mention that the veteran was stronger, well adapted to stress and more adapted to combat. The first officer seemed oblivious to my deliberation as he stepped away from the wheelchair. He reclaimed his firearm, brandishing it with shaking graspers. I was by far at least threatening entity in the room to his brain. ''Move the human to the chair, Slenek. Rissell grumbled. ''I can't. I'm too weak. You have to do it. I... I don't want to touch it.'' ''Grow up! He won't bite!'' Rissell huffed, but slowly knelt by Marcel. He reached out with a grasper and hissed in disgust as it touched the sweat-soaked skin. His breathing devolved in sporadic gasps as the fear chemicals became unbearable. When he lifted the predator, I worried his grip might falter. The human shouldn't be dropped, especially in his current condition.'' With eyes the size of moons, Rassal deposited my friend into the chair. Marcel yelped from the gruff landing. My lip curled up without thinking, an instinctive warning to not hurt the Predator. Don't give me that look, Slenec. I'm trying my best, the first officer spat. I don't see you doing anything to help. I want to help. I'd do anything really- Gah, I'm sorry. That was harsh. I apologize. Rassal took a deep breath and positioned himself behind the Predator. This is overwhelming for me, okay? Crap. Let's get moving. Marcel was wheeled out of the cell by the trembling Colchian, past the watching Zahn. I made eye contact with the doctor during my own exit. The Federation officer, carting a wounded predator away with a mesmerized vanilla in tow, sufficed to say. It wasn't his desired outcome. The Tachnans seemed to be having an aneurysm at the sight of our posse. You're making a big mistake. Humans are sociopaths, murderers. Zahn screeched. Rissell pointed at the door. You get in the cell, treat Sovlin. I prefer if he doesn't bleed out. The medic bared his teeth at us. He slunk inside with reluctance and began tending to the captain's injury with his kit. Rissell pressed the button outside the cell and the door slid shut. Several clicks indicated that it locked behind us. Clearly, the first officer didn't want his devious shipmates pursuing us or tipping us off to the crew. Realization flashed to the doctor's eyes as he slammed a paw on the wall in frustration. Why didn't I do that to you all? Zahn wailed. Rissell snorted, waving a shiny object. Because I have the key. The hint of a smirk played on Marcel's face, which showed that he was still conscious. I was pleased to see him responsive, though I hoped he didn't start laughing. The last thing we needed was the first officer thinking the human was growling. It was going to be difficult to get the battered predator out unnoticed, as things were. "'Rissell, aren't the crew going to wonder why the predator got loose?' I asked. "'Won't they freak out?' The first officer thought for a moment, then he yanked the fire alarm, then pressed a button on his holopad to trigger an evacuation order. An automated message relayed the command to the abandoned ship, while the overhead sprinklers doused us in cold water. "'This guy is smart. I'll give him that,' I thought. "'Maybe he will be useful.' Nobody would question an officer moving a high value prisoner under emergency procedures in this current state. Marcel appeared sedated, so that might limit panic, too. Giddiness abounded in my mind as the thought of freedom. Returning home with my best friend might have been a trip to paradise, as far as I was concerned. It felt like we had been given a new lease in life. With uncertain steps, Rizal guided us into a shuttle bay. Several ear-piercing screams were our greeting, Once the crewmates detected a half-conscious predator, the way they pointed at Marcel made me seethe. The peoples nearest to the entrance tripped over themselves in the haste to get away. The first officer ignored them, pushing Marcel towards an unoccupied shuttle. He carried the human with less overt fight this time. His delicacy as he placed the predator in the backseat surprised me. The fact that he noticed his prior mistake through the haze of terror showed a great deal of empathy. Rissell clicked the harness over Marcel's withered chest, which was forcing out shallow breaths. The should felt the human's pulse. The concern in his eyes reignited my own worries. The heartbeat must have been rapid or erratic. The first officer found a blanket under a seat and draped it over the predator's barren form. It was undeniably a kind gesture. Rissell seemed to care. Whether he would admit it was another question. As reluctant as I was to forgive the officer for his role in Marcel's abduction, I was worried about what would happen to him next. We couldn't leave the man who saved us behind to hang for treason. Come with me, I jumped into the pilot's seat, firing up the launch sequence. You can't stay here, Marcel. they will have you hanged. I'd rather face whatever the Federation has in store for me than live surrounded by humans. The first officer took a last look at Marcel, blinking rapidly. But I wish you both well, for the sake of us all. I pray that you're right about this, please. You don't have to see the humans. I'm sure the Venlo will take care of you. And we can put you somewhere far away from them. For Marcel's sake, we have to dock at the outpost, assuming it's still there, I thought. I'm not sure how the humans would react to Marcel's presence, but we can cross that bridge when we get there. But that's not the point. I deserve to hang, Sladek. The officer's composure crumbled, and he buried his face in his tentacles. I don't know what came over me back there. I'm a traitor. You stopped the murder... And now, this is our only chance to stop a genocide. If Earth is attacked, there will be no chance of peace. Not now. Maybe not ever. The fate of the Federation hinges on what we do. Are you really going to set that out?" Rassal stepped off the craft, a torn look on his face. He stood motionless and pondered my words. No wise veteran wanted another predatory enemy. That would ensure the Federation lost the war. With a reluctant sigh, the first officer clambered back onto the ship. He squeezed into the back seat beside Marcel. Leaning away from him, regret was already etched on the caution and features. I suspected that this would be a long ride for our Federation savior. End of chapter. Chapter 14 Memory Transcription Subject Governor Tarver of the Vendal Republic Date Standardized Human Time September 1st Twenty-one thirty-six. My visit to research outpost was intended to last half a day. At my request, Chelm, my diplomatic advisor, had crafted a speech to show our solidarity with the UN. The whole afternoon was a joint ceremony in remembrance of the humans who sacrificed their lives in our defense. At the end of it, I would send off the predators who partook in our civilian encounter. The volunteers of Doctors Without Borders and the Red Cross would board the initial outbound ship, with their Venlo partners in tow. It was time for the humans to receive a proper integration into our society, and that meant moving planet side. That was less concerning prospect than it would have been before our experiments. There were zero reports of human on venal violence during the past ten days. Most of the complaints against the Terrans involved the predators trying to stroke our curly fur, which I found bewildering. That wasn't behavior I saw them exhibit with each other. So it couldn't be written off as social custom, perhaps a display of possessiveness? But overall, the trial of our species living together was a pleasant success, more so than any scientist predicted. The Predators had the uncanny ability to bond with anything, and that allowed them to forge close connection within days. My mind defaulted to thinking of Noah and Sarah as part of my in-group. At this point, I never could have imagined when this all started then I would look forward to seeing them as I did now. So they're alive. Do you think they'll have good news? Sarah asked. The ceremony had come to an abrupt halt when General Cam informed the UN delegation of pressing development. A Federation shuttle barged into Venlil territory and raised a series of alarms. Its pilot claimed to be a missing patrolman Slynek. He kept repeating that his human companion needed medical attention in a hysterical voice. I would have kept it on the down-low until we knew more, but Secretary-General Meyer wanted everyone to be aware of the situation. He believed that if the change of plans wasn't explained, rumors would spread that the Arxor were attacking. The UN leader's presence was unexpected. We had never met in person or spoken beyond video messages, but it seemed when Ambassador Noah told him of my plans, he wished to attend the memorial firsthand. Many humans flocked to the docking port as the news dispersed. Everyone on station was eager to welcome the arrivals. The crowd numbered several hundred. Once Venlil had added to the count, Terran paramedics were on standby, and the media was swarming to report any developments. I knew why the Predators wanted to see the state of the captives. They were trying to decide if the Federation was an enemy. In the wake of my shocking admission, they wanted to know if coexistence was even possible. This was a good sign. A Federation military was civilized enough to hear a Predator out and set it free. I am hopeful guys, I swished my tail reassuringly. If the Federation let your Marcel fellow go, maybe I was wrong. Maybe they can see you for the sensitive and wonderful species you really are. I let the plan for a preemptive strike days ago. Maya's voice was slow and gravelly, growing with the practice cadence. The general suggested that we need to hit the key go to the launch points. I have no way of recalling our bombers, even if I want to. Damn it all, Noah cursed. I knew we were too hasty. The Federation will see this as an unprovoked attack. We're going to ruin all chances of peace. I patted the ambassador on the shoulder, hoping to quell his emotions. His brown eyes softened, and he gave me a appreciative nod. There was no sense of lamenting on what was already set in stone. All we could do now was address the consequences together. Proximity alarms shrieked as our senses detected an unknown vessel within bombing range. The UN General switched them off, then granted permission for the inbound ship to dock. A few Terran soldiers lingered near the officers with assault rifles in case of a trap. Their paranoia and suspicion had soared to new heights since they learned the galaxy wanted to kill them. I didn't have the heart to tell them that such a deception was a predator's tactic, playing at empathy would never be the Federation's modus operandi. The exterior airlock creaked open, and Federation shuttle descended from the inky blackdrop. It followed the station's landing beacon to guide through the opening and mounted its footings into the docking port with surgical precision. The craft was big enough to fit more than four individuals, and that was if they stacked on top of each other. The soldiers relaxed, satisfied that the ambush force was ruled out. It only took a few seconds for the port to repressurize, but I could sense the human's restlessness. Anxious murmurs cycled through the crowd, waiting on the cusp of certainty, fueled the darker side of their imagination. The partition between the reception area and the dock receded once the sensors determined that it was safe. A silver-gray Venlul poked his head out from the spacecraft, which drew a few cheers from our people. A bandage wound its way around his ears, tying down the lone black tuft of hair in his forehead. The wrappings were soaked through with rich orange fluid. That flesh bleeding suggested that he needed medical attention himself. Human paramedics exchanged looks as there was no sign of their man. They shouldered their way past the Venlil. I could only see their backs, but they seemed to stiffen as they laid eyes on the interior. What had they seen? That we had not. How severe was the human's injuries? The predators toted the stretcher inside and summoned a gurney to wait by the ship. Loud calls thundered above, the chatter to clear a path. That meant Marcel was alive, but I wonder why he couldn't walk under his own power. It also raised the question of how he incurred such a condition in the first place. Sarah pressed a hand to her mouth. My god, what have they done? I'm... I'm more grateful to you than ever, Tarver. Lover breathed, shaken to the core. I should have never questioned your decision. I see now that you saved us from. Similar cries erupted from the onlookers as the paramedics emerged with a captured human. Marcel's malnourishment was apparent at first glance. His skin hugged his bones tightly, and his stomach was a flat depression beneath his ribcage. I wasn't sure if it was the starvation or the vicious injuries that caused the breathing to sound so strained. The poor guy's face was mashed to a pulp, bruised and bloodied, Whoever beat the human seemed to take particular offense to his binocular eyes. The way the sockets were turning black made my stomach flip. A metal band was fitted to his neck, and the skin beneath it was marred with minor burns. Why? Was that choker still on him? Nobody had taken it off. The venomel almost seemed more incensed than the human's. The thought of the Federation doing that to their buddy sparked a predatory rage. My own blood boiled at such a grave injustice. Noah was right. That would have been him if I allowed it. I was wavering on whether I wanted the humans to show mercy to my old friends after all. Stop filming this, I hissed to our media personnel. Show some respect. Mayer crossed his arms. No. Film it. On the condition that you'll show it to everywhere. I want everyone to see this. To document how the Federation treated one of ours. When we declare war on these bastards, I don't want anyone saying that it was for no reason. Bo, hold up uh, If they realize their mistake and let them go, Noah whispered, maybe they're sorry and wish to make amends. They didn't realize anything. So the next horizontal pupil snapped towards us as he overheard the ambassador's comment. The captain was going to kill Marcel and they're still planning to bomb Earth. What stopped them killing them? Did you talk them down? I asked in a soft voice. I tried, Governor, but they wouldn't listen. We escaped by the skin of our teeth because the first officer, Roussel he incapacitated the captain. We escorted us off the ship. The Secretary General frowned. What happened to this Russell? I brought him with us, sir. Uh, he's on the ship. I can't get him to come out. Uh, this uh, isn't exactly what I promised him. My ears swiveled towards the shuttle. I thought I could detect the sound of terrified whines amidst the commotion. Meyer looked like he wanted to retrieve the first officer himself and was about to start in that direction. Though the gray-haired human didn't exude hostility, I feared he might escalate Rissell's emotions to blinding panic. Let me handle this, I said to the humans. Noah, Sarah, uh, you remember how hard it was for us? And there was only two of you. Meyer glanced at the astronauts and fell back as their nods affirmed my words. I ducked into the spacecraft and looked around. Huddled beneath the pilot's chair was the Kosturian male, with a dark blanket over his head. It was a pitiful attempt at camouflage. It would be amusing at a brighter time. The movement of fabric and the outline of his form were obvious giveaways. I imagined the human paramedics noticed Rissell, but they were too preoccupied with Marcel to coax him out. Within closer range, the whine sounded more like muffled screams. I clicked my claws on the floor so Roussel would know that the approaching person wasn't a human. The officer peeked out from under his top. His bulbous orange eyes lit up with recognition. Of an Atava, exclaimed. You're alive? Of course I'm alive. What made you think I wasn't? It's just, uh, nobody has actually seen you in months, and... The station is infested with predators. I... I saw them through the window. Uh, lurking. Waiting. It is not infested, and they have a good reason to lurk. They were curious and worried, and now... They're rather upset. Hell, I'm upset too. Oh, please help me, Tava. This is a nightmare, and I've done it to myself. I just want to wake up, you know. Get me out of here, please. Calm down. Everything is all right, tell me. What is it that humans are doing that is bothering you? Slanek so said that they were just a couple, damn it. Two or three. I, I could tolerate, but looking at all those predators, Pyragny. it feels like my chest is on fire. I don't know how you bear it. I know exactly how you feel. It will pass. You can't know that, but I do. How about I introduce you to my first human friend? Just one of them. J- j- just one. J- just one. One, Russell whined, rocking back and forth. Go, okay, j- just one. The Colchian was clearly at the brink of a nervous breakdown, but I decided to move forward with the tepid affirmation. This guy defied a superior officer and sacrificed his career to save a human. That wasn't a risk that someone took without good reason. There had to be some part of the cell that already accepted the predator's true nature. It was a matter of getting through to him, then bringing his logical mind back into the equation. Whether it was reason or empathy that struck home, it didn't make a difference. Noah, come here, I called. The male astronaut hurried in, rushing to my side. Is everything alright? What's going on, Tava? Hmm, first time I saw Noah, I thought he was a feral. Can you imagine answering that hail? I waved a paw at the human's direction, and Rassal shuddered. All of his teeth were showing, and those murderous eyes were like something out of a nightmare. He looked like the meanest, nastiest creature in the universe. The ambassador sighed. Ah, governor, you always flatter me. Shush! I'm getting to the important part, I asked. But anyway, the human's words were about peace. There was such a disparity between that appearance and the things they said. My brain couldn't reconcile it. I'm just saying, Tarver, you could fake an occasional compliment. Noah shot me a coy smile. I had been around predators too long if I could differentiate Snarls, hadn't I? Talk about my winning personality, my exquisite physique. Pretend you like me? I do like you. Stop fishing. At any rate, there was this collection of little things that humans did that made me think that maybe. The odd doubt, but looking at them dredged up all the worst memories. So I shut out that voice. I wanted them gone, then why did you stop Sovlan from g- g- getting rid of them? What happened? Russell stammered. I teared up just a little, and the first thing Noah did was try to comfort me. I realized that I never gave him a chance. No unfeeling creature would pick up on the emotional nuances they do. That's what I knew. When did it click for you? It... he... the instant Slenek showed signs of distress. Marcel tried to protect him. It was something, he said, that he only cared for Wendel's safety. The Colchran's eyes became distant, as though he was reliving the memory. Even then, the captain had a gun against his head. The predator was trying to soothe his friend, and I believed him. And just for a moment. You sensed it then, Rassal. You know that nobody could fake it that perfectly. I know, but I feel forget about the feel. You're going to walk out of here with me and Noah. We'll find you a room, and I want you to rest up. And then? Then, we're going to determine who is responsible for what happened to Marcel. The humans will decide what to do about it. It's your decision, but I'd like you to speak to them. you represent the Federation, as far as we're concerned? Noah nodded. As would I. We don't have to be enemies. Marcel rose on unstable legs and dusted himself off. Those first steps into open were tentative and frightful. He coiled his tail around mine for support. Venturing out through the sea of humans, many of whom were openly staring, must have been a daunting task. But he managed to hold back a scream which I sensed building in his chest. The officer lowered his gaze to the floor and marched ahead through the chemical fever. Perhaps this man was a spark of hope that not everyone would write humanity off on sight. I prayed that Earth would find other friends in the galaxy, and that our newfound ally would find the courage to prove that it was a possibility. End of chapter. Chapter 15. Memory Transcription, Subject Slynek, Vendel Space Corps. Date, Standardized Human Time, September 3rd, 2136. Nursing the human back to health became my obsession. The doctors were optimistic that nur would make a full recovery, but I was determined not to vacate his side. There was no way I was leaving our well-being to chance ever again. My claws tightened around the fork, stabbing into the block of tofu. The spongy protein folded into the prongs, and I brought it up towards the human's mouth. My gaze lingered at the pointy canines beside his incisors, which looked perfect for tearing flesh. It felt unnatural placing my paw so near the predator's teeth while offering it food. A pins and needle sensation danced at the base of my toes, which I promptly ignored. Selenek, I can do this myself, Marcel protested. The predator was lounging around in his hospital bed, propped up against some pillows. After a fresh shave and some washing up, my human looked more like his old self. A nose splint concealed the deformed appendage and stitches mended the gash on his cheek. Fluids and medication were distributed intravenously, which brought life back into his complexion. I glared at him. I am not going to let you, and that's that. Marcel rolled his eyes, but allowed me to insert the protein between his lips. I scrutinized him as he chewed. It was wonderful to see him eating real food after his long hunger, but I didn't have to lose sight of the big picture. Human medicine was primitive compared to ours, a school of medievalism. My vigilance was the only hope at preventing complications. All I knew was that Marcel's diet was essential to his recovery. It was my intention for him to continue to consume every calorie the medical staff gave us. I prepared a full of greens, which looked scrumptious and hereby, and shoved it at him. The red-haired primate sighed. He tugged the plate from my stubborn paws and set it on the bedside table. You gotta stop babying me. I'm fine, buddy. Really, the human began to sit up and grimaced as pain scorched across his ribs. See? Good as new. Tears welled up in my eyes. No, you're not. I'm on the mend. This is new normal, and that's okay. I'm tougher than you think I am. You're very strong and resilient and brave, but... What? I almost lost you, Mark. And it scares me how much that hurts. Ah, it's over, Slanek. I'm never going to let anyone hurt us again, okay? Come here. I curled up on the bed and placed my chin on the predator's thigh. Marcel reached out with his nimble fingers. The same hesitancy that always flashed on his face when he was worried about spooking me surfaced. His hand hovered over the back of my neck for several seconds, and my heart rate skyrocketed. What was he doing? My instincts despised the location of his paw and the way his nails were aimed at my head. It was a slash away from my throat. Everything. About the body language mirrored a predator about to pounce. No amount of trust could alter those ominous cues. My eyes blinked shut, and I summoned all of my willpower to remain still. I felt a light touch on my ear. The human palmed the right one gently, then moved to the other. A breath I didn't realize I was holding escaped. Masal beamed when he saw me relax, and took that as encouragement to continue. His fingers started beneath my chin and ruffled the fur at my throat. The human's claws nicked my skin. They were rather dull, or a predator's offensive weapons. Oddly enough, it was more gratifying than painful. A happy mule emanated from my chest. I nuzzled against his side, and flipped onto my back. You're so cute, he whispered. Without thinking, I'd exposed the most soft and vulnerable organ, my stomach. Marcel tickled my belly with vigor, which was quite the overwhelming sensation. I was embarrassed by my undignified squeals and laughs, but my control was slipping. I rolled around in delirium, thrashing and kicking. The human had to catch me when I was almost tumbled off the bed. He winced from the abnormal strain, but refused to drop me. Affection and warmth shined in his eyes. Am I interrupting something? Sarah stood in the doorway, amusement on her face. She stared at me, the blankets on the floor, then back at me. "'Actually, you were, but not what you think,' Marcel chuckled. (laughs) "'What can I do for you?' "'You look better. We're all happy to see it,' she replied. "'But I just wanted a quick word with Slanek alone.' I tilt my head at the scientist, confused. Had the humans decided to blame me for my inability to prevent Marcel's injuries, did they think that he would be better off with someone stronger and more competent as their civic duties? I couldn't fault them if that were the case.' My human released his grip and gave me an encouraging wave. Her paralyzing reluctance made me slow to follow Sarah. So I dragged my feet to the secluded spot in the hallway. A mature individual would accept the consequences of their own failure, especially when that failure landed their best friend in critical condition. A whisker away from death. I can't let him go, though. I slumped my shoulders. Look, Sarah, I am so sorry for what happened to Mark. My best friend was, uh, Terrorized by a madman. And I was nothing more than a liability. I take full responsibility for everything. I I accept whatever the UN has decided. If there is anything that I can do to make it right... Slow down. The scientist raised a pale hand. Nobody blames you. Mr. Marcel. I think having you around is helping him immensely. You do? It's obvious. He's trying to hide it. But I figure he's in a lot of pain. That's what I was worried about. So then, um... What is it that you needed to speak to me about? Her is there bad news about Mark? Perhaps it's not clear yet. If I remember correctly, he was frightened of torture by aliens before this, yeah? Sarah waited for my nod. She seemed concerned about how the phrase and next words. I think you need to be warned about what, how humans react to trauma. Our brains can often uh, have difficulty processing it. I studied her expression closely. What are you trying to say? Is Marcel going to go insane? Oh, that's not a polite word, Slanec. Everyone reacts differently. Marcel could be fine. And I hope he is, she said. But after what he's been through, he must be prepared for drastic changes in mood and personality. He could become depressed, forgetful, irritable, even hostile. Hostile? Nightmares and flashbacks are common in these cases. That can incite all sorts of negative reactions. My eyes widened in surprise. It never occurred to me that humans relived their worst experiences as vividly as we did. When I imagined how their brains worked, I always assumed it was different. No wonder Marcel was in a prolonged fog after watching ox or torture clips on that first day. Why would a predator have such an overblown fear response and cling to memories of prior threats? They were on the other side of that equation in nature. Even if humans descended from prey animals, they hadn't been there for millions of years. I guess it proves that humans are just people, like us. That their emotions resemble ours. You didn't say negative, you said hostile, I pointed out. Sarah shuffled her feet well. The memories trigger our flight or flight response. Some people lash out with physical violence, though they don't mean to. I think that unlikely to hear, but it is to be stated as a possibility. My breath hitched my throat, though I tried not to show my fright to the scientist. Physical violence? Being assaulted by a predator wasn't exactly on my bucket list. If a human lunged at me without warning, I doubted I could keep my composure. It would be tough to brush that off. The thought of Marcel with his meaty hands clenched around my windpipe stirred all of my subconscious fears. But I knew that that wasn't him. My human hadn't tried to eat me even when he was starving. This mindless killer preserved my welfare to his own detriment and never displayed anything but kindness towards me. As long as it was unintentional, I decided that I could forgive him for spontaneous violence. Sarah deemed it improbable, so in all likelihood, it wouldn't happen. The prospect of mental torture that would drive Marcel to violate his principles was more concerning to me. "'Why are you telling me this?' I questioned. "'Maybe Sarah thinks that I wasn't being supportive enough, or she'll teach me what science to watch for. Human mannerisms are so alien as alien gets.' I don't want you to fault Marcel, or to think that it's proof that humans are evil. I know how frightened you, Vrenlil, are of us. If any of those symptoms would be too much to deal with, it may be best that we find you a more suitable partner. My ears flattened against my head. Is that what the Terran scientific community believed we thought of them? That we saw them as interchangeable demons and volunteered just to vindicate that conclusion? That's right. We risked our lives waiting for them to slip up. So we could say, gotcha, I thought sarcastically. There was nobody in the galaxy, human, Venlul or otherwise, more suitable than Marcel. Being around him was pleasant and easy. I wasn't going to discard him, as second a challenge presented itself. You want me to leave him because he might be ill, I hissed. No, I don't want another partner. I want Marcel, and I'll deal with whatever happens. No, 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 we don't want you to leave. That's the opposite of what we want. Sarah took a step back, trying to appear non-threatening. But your feelings and well-being are important too, Slinek. You must not discount yourself. Out of some sense of guilt or obligation. Obligation? I love him. Did you consider Marcel's feelings at all? To even suggest that I should abandon him? Right, when he needs me the most. It's cruel. It's heartless. We are thinking of Marcel. Listen, he is in a fragile state right now. You are the main thing reminding him that he is human. That is someone cares for him. "'What would hurt him the most is to hear you call him a monster.' "'A furious growl rumbled in my throat. "'I would never, short of him eating my family in front of me. "'Anyway, I hate that anyone would suggest otherwise.' "'Then I'll leave you be,' Sarah's voice was measured. "'But there was a pleasure in her eyes at my response. "'If you need anything, you know where to find me.' "'I flicked my ears in acknowledgement and scampered back towards my human's chamber, without hesitation.' After the mention of being pried away from Marcel, all I wanted was to have him back in my sight. What if he had an episode while I was gone? Once he was in my periphery, I could rest assured that he was okay. Marcel was cleaned his plate during my absence and was seated on the edge of his bed. His predatory eyes were staring into space, unblinking. There was a hint of a twitch by his lip, as if he was biting his cheek. The human jumped a little when I leapt onto the mattress. I coiled my tail around his wrist and noted how he slowly unclenched his fists. Sladek, he sighed. I missed you. Before, I had attributed his aloof moments to the primitive narcotics in the IVs, but in light of Sarah's words, it was apparent that the different culprit was to blame. I felt ashamed of myself for not picking up on the cues sooner. My preoccupation with his physical injuries caused me to overlook the obvious. What were you thinking about just now? I blurted. The human a smile. You don't want to know. I do. You can tell me anything, Mark. Not this. Try me. His gaze darkened. I'm thinking I wanted to kill Sovlin. Get in line. I'm quite serious. I was fantasizing about it. Does that make me a bad person? A bloodthirsty predator? I'd shed no tears over his death. It's not fair that he got away scot-free. You're a good person who's trying to process something terrible and yes, has more aggressive instincts. You didn't deserve any of what he did to you. Thanks, buddy. You don't have to thank me. I should have asked you about your mental health sooner. How do those memories make you feel? Are you able to talk about it? I don't know. When Soblin was about to shoot me, I uh, felt relief that it was over. Profound relief. I was ready for him to pull the trigger. I was only sorry that you had to see it, and that Zahn was kidnapping you because of me. Don't worry about me. All that matters to me is that you're here, and you recover. That is why I need you to let me push myself, Sladek. I heard we're going to war with the Goggins, and I want to join. Even if it's just to fly a ship to run logistics, I need to be cleared for action. But you're safer here. Why would you want to risk your life again so soon? To go after Soplin, to deal with my anger, all of it. I have to do something, and I didn't know how to tell you. It's been idle, that drives me mad. Fine. When will we'll be leaving. The human blinked. We? I'm coming with you. If I have to stow away in your duffel bag, you can't get rid of me that easily. Moisture glistened in Marcel's hazel eyes, and a low chuckle rumbled from his vocal cords. A silent vow formed in my mind that I would protect him better this time around, even if it meant shipping off to an active war zone surrounded by trained predators with guns. Something told me that I wouldn't be the only Venlul tagging along for the human's war efforts. Though there was no formal declaration from the Governor yet, I think we had chosen a side. The fates of our species were intertwined, for better or for worse. End of chapter. I would just quickly like to thank the T5 channel members and patrons. Kaspar arnholtz Cam Maxwell, Barkey, Mids difficult to pronounce, Lord Azricul, and Arcadian.